taste of friendship right there. It's a taste of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Your birthday tastes good. <laughs> Damn, your birthday tastes good. <laughs> Fuck, your birthday making me hyper, man. I love celebrating with you. <laughs> I love the feel of your birthday, my man. <laughs> This is actually good. Uh, I'm real. I got. I'm just gonna stop. Just get jacked up on sugar. Yeah. First ten minutes are unbelievable. Rest of the episode is just fucking. I don't know, man. What else is going on? <laughs> I went go karting the other day. Did you hear Trump got banned off Twitter? <laughs> Wasn't that like two years ago? <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I think Trump's going to lose the election. <laughs> Are you good, dude? <sighs> just, <gasps> uh, just gurgling. George Bush. Are you alright? Just lost the election. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just trying to go back in time. <laughs> John Kerry's running again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So white lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Soundtrack in this shit was amazing. It really was. Yeah. A whole time you feel like you're edging. Yeah. Uh, I right? Uh, yeah. You're like, oh God, give it to me. And then the episode ends and you're like, oh what? Yeah, when what's her name and um dude who looks like my cousin were fucking. Those scenes were so funny to me because I kind of felt like they were out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, what were you doing last night? And it just cuts to them naked as hell, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? what? When the, the, um, I, f- I forget everybody's name. The dude who, uh, oh, the Hawaiian hi. guy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's just like him and the girl were like, oh, were, yeah. That yeah. scene would come up. Yeah. But like, she'd have like thoughts of it. Yeah. Banging. Yeah. Felt so out of nowhere. Yeah, because that was the most sexual thing in the whole thing, right? Like no one really got naked. Yeah, yeah. And then he got. I wonder what that dude sounds like getting dumped up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> listen to the Love Island podcast if yeah. you don't know that one. Yeah, that's a deep cut. <laughs> Seriously though, I wonder what he sounds like getting <laughs> sucked off. What kind of moans do you think that guy does? I only said that to bag on Hugo and then I realized the great mistake I had made. I love milk. I love milk. Yeah. It's crazy that that guy got arrested because that girl was like, yeah, go steal the jewels. Like, you know, you, we owe it to you. Yeah. White people, and then yeah. he got arrested, and probably like lost his shape. job. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a that was a pretty tragic part of the show. She must have had a spell in there. He hit Ooh. it just a few times, and she was like, "You should do grand theft." He was like, "Yeah, yes, you it, should steal these seventy thousand dollars worth of jewels." You know, her shit was. <laughs> Cause he did he did a felony and he made her a necklace. <laughs> yeah. 
What, making a necklace with someone? Oh, that is like. Oh, did he make her that necklace? Yeah, that was her grandma. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <clears throat> That's how you know. Okay, we've already covered why I love. Yeah, that. I know, I know. But there is something extremely simp about making a necklace. Yeah, <laughs> there is. I made this for you. Yeah. Aren't you twenty five? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you beta. All right, weirdo. <laughs> Don't be a beta. It has a picture of us in it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, in the ocean. <laughs> it's a locket. Where do you even buy a locket anymore? Pop, lock, and drop it <laughs> off the boat. In the ocean. Later. <laughs> it's got a locket? What's it made of? <laughs> it's, it's, it's sterling silver. I, I, I bought it. Oh, so it can sink right to the bottom of the ocean. The chain is bits of your hair tied together. <laughs> <laughs> What? The Charlie's what? Angel shit when he rips their hair out and he does that oh, yeah. scream. Yeah. <laughs> I should have not explained that. I should have just did that <laughs> like, and know. kept going. <laughs> yeah, dude. UFC this weekend was crazy. Well, we should watch <sighs> vacation TikTok, vacation dad TikToks. That's oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we talked about vacation. Sometimes it's the worst. You know, don't True. even. Let's not even play this game. We want to watch a TikTok. We don't even need a seg. Okay, that's fine. Anyone going into the bone is like enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. What There's you no mean. customer service here. We know what you talk about here. Kicking people in the balls and then it accidentally shitting on your foot. That's what goes and on. Then watching TikToks for an hour. Yeah, and that's what goes on here. And mocking Dana White. <laughs> oh, we have to watch that Dana White clip after this. We need some Howler head. We do need some Howler. Can we get some Howler head for next time. Yeah. Yep, we'll get some. <clears throat> Oh, that's such a funny bonus. Yeah. We probably have to do the bonus next week at that, like 11 then. Yeah. PM? No, AM. Yeah, 11 AM. Howler head. I actually would be down. Howler head? Whiskey in the morning? Yeah. I'll go to sleep in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Take a nap. <laughs> the old man. Wake way. up at 4 PM. We haven't recorded yet. <laughs> Everyone's pat. Like Luke and Kyle on the console just... <laughs> <laughs> we should all do uh, that. Work today? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember it. It'll be an all-day event. Yeah, we should do that, and we should get uh, Nemo to operate and Cash fake operating. He he'll be Cash will be in on the drinking part. Nemo won't. Yeah. So we'll all pass out and see how long Nemo will stick yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wake up five hours. Five hours later, he's still switching between us, zooming in and zooming out. He's like, I don't know. I'm just going with the flow, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Is this what you guys wanted? Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. Luke, can we can we get more up on the front lights? <laughs> Nothing's happening. Okay, Nothing. cool. Yeah, okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> All right. My dad on vacation. Let's go. Aggressive speed, flight entertainment newspaper, analyzing the entire airport. What? That's not normal, dads. Yeah, seriously. Okay, this man's doing karate for way too long. Yeah. Doesn't trust Apple Maps. Oh my god, if you use a physical map now, that really is some old person shit. This dude just wants to live off the land. All right, still taking work calls. Checking the drinks. Gretzky has a fam and walks ahead. Yep. 
lifting the bags for the girls, getting us a ride. Must sit shotgun. Dipping. Okay, sort of. Yeah. That's some. I mean, that's just like standard dad shit too. Yeah, I want to see like a solid. If any of these are solid. Gets us lost in the subway and has to go the opposite direction. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, baby. Makes us use hand sanitizer each ride. I can see it. Yeah. Holds all the clothes and text while we're shopping. Okay, not me. Definitely not doing that. boring i mean i guess it's funny because it's just like what everyone's dad do but like yeah i don't know i thought it was gonna be funnier you know frustrated with how busy the airport is yeah that's yeah <laughs> dude dude oh. that's you <laughs> making us wake up early <laughs> yeah Checking the radar the weather radar <laughs> So full. Relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's pretty bad. <laughs> Fuck, it's so fucking depressing that we all just turn into this. So according to who? Everyone. That's the way the I don't have to works. do this shit. I'm going to be 50 doing karate and push-ups and filming myself on TikTok. <laughs> My life as a not 50-year-old dad. Push-ups at baggage claim. Doing karate. Yeah, yeah, so I will be that. I, yeah, I guess you still turn into that. Handing out the boarding passes to my wife and my mistress. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No. And to my 17-year-old adopted son. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Now I'm adopting a kid at 17, man. I'm sticking by that. Yeah. One year Dude, room and board. Not even a year. Oh, just like turn a six 18. month? Dude, it's been a sick two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> So glad Loved hanging with you, dude. <laughs> so glad you popped over this weekend, man. Yeah. Let me know if you need anything. I hope my last name helps you. Yeah. You're a great kid. <laughs> I see a lot of me in you. <laughs> so go out there, conquer the world, all right? But don't you remember where you came from? Right? Huh? And uh, make it big, you cut me some of that. <laughs> remember we talked about three call maximum, okay? Five year rolling period. Yeah. So you don't call me in the next five years, you can stack that up for the next five. <laughs> so you get six. Choose wisely. <laughs> Choose wisely, my boy. All right, good to see you. Yeah, so dad, dad talk. I, I would love to watch this Dana White thing I sent. This shit is so Dana White. You know I love watching Dana White shit. Um, <clears throat> it's, just, it's just a video of Dana White taking a dump. <laughs> Dana White sitting. Sitting in, uh, yeah, I'm gonna bump it. Bump it, uh, uh, up. Yeah, 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 yeah yo. Yeah, yo. <clears throat> Play this, oh, yo. Yeah. Watch how, if we can get this to work, the signal works. Watch how horned up he gets. Okay, so the context here is a fight. Oh, let it play. I'll see how much I need to explain. Oh, shows what's called the grade two strain of the medial collateral ligament. So that's this ligament right here where all of your injury was. So you've torn this ligament that's kind of important right here called the medial collateral ligament or the MCL. The other ligaments are all intact. If this was a, a more severe tear, I would probably say, let's just recommend not to fight completely. 
And if this was a lesser of an injury, like a grade one, I'd say, I think you can definitely get through this. And, you know, unfortunately, you're right in the middle. Yes, sir. And I, what do you think the chances of me making it worse? If you um, get hit there or if you get into a position, any type of submission on that joint, certainly you can take a tear and make it worse. You know, you, you've got to go make a decision with your coach. Ortega and his coaches called me in and told me that Miles Hunsinger has an MCL tear in his knee. The doctor gave him the decision whether he wanted to fight or not, and he chose not to fight. Luckily, we have another middleweight, Michael Gilmore, who's still in Vegas, and this guy is dying to get into the competition. Nice to meet you, Nice to meet you, nice to meet you as well. So I called him into my office to feel him out and see where his head is. Just wait for Have a seat. So, you were an alternate? Yep. Yes, sir. They told you that probably wasn't going to work out for you and you could go home. Yep. You decided not to go home. Correct. You decided to stay on your own dime and, and see if an opportunity popped up. Yep. You got a family? Uh, yep. And your, uh, your work wouldn't give you the time off so you quit? I had to quit. Man, I just can't wait. Yeah. Right there. You're my kind of fucking guy, brother. Yep. Hi, Dad. A salary job, insurance. I love these kind of stories. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Welcome to the Ultimate Fighter. Thank you. I appreciate stop. it. Stop. So stop. Stop. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm here to. T I brought you in to tell you, you're still not fighting. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past him, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <clears throat> Goosebumps. You're my kind of guy. You're well, my you kind of guy, man. You still don't have an income. So. Yeah, I still want to crush your dreams. So staying here was a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you're not fighting this weekend. <laughs> you're not fighting for the next few years, actually. I fucking hate your fighting style. <laughs> and I'm glad to have ruined your life. You fucking idiot. I hope your kids starve. <laughs> you got a family, right? Yeah, they're not going to fucking eat. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Like, I was reading some comments about this, and <clears throat> one dude was like, man, I'm having a serious moral conflict about supporting the UFC because this is the dude at the front of it all who's essentially congratulating this guy for making an absolutely stupid move. Right. Quits a salary job. And, like, you saw how he's like, yep, salary, benefits. He just cut his ass off. He's like, mm, yep. He's like, oh, you're my kind of guy. Yeah. It's like he gave that up for a fight that he will maybe – take home five G's. <clears throat> yeah. And the amount of work he puts in is like two, three months. Yeah. It's like, that's not healthy. No, it's not. It's not smart either. No, I get, I get it that all great things require sacrifice, but Ugh. I don't know. Encouraging that sort of thing. It's like for every one of this guy that gets this opportunity, there's 10 that quit their jobs and don't make shit. And then their family's like, what the fuck? Bro, not only that, I'm, I'm not trying to get too passionate about this shit, but, um, the fact that he'll have this fight and the fastest he could hope to get another fight is like there are very few fighters who have fought within like you know four to six weeks because you still have to recover and all that so his next fight would at most be within two to three months and only premier talent get that type of booking where you're fighting like that quickly again so you're saying he's going to make nothing from this fight and there's going to be a giant period where he also doesn't make no Yeah, because now he doesn't have a job and there's no guaranteeing he'll ever get to fight again. Uh, my One of my buddies who still trains jiu-jitsu, he's, he's been forever, you know, he trains with a 
handful of guys that are on the UFC roster. There's a dude who, you know, I think he fought two or three pay-per-view events last year on the prelim card. And he's a he's an electrician who works 60 hours a week, trains on top of that. And it's crazy. He'll go fight a pay-per-view event and then, you know, in Vegas or some shit, then drives right back and goes to work again as an electrician. Yeah. It's like that. That's the grind. Yeah. And and Mighty Mouse, there's like tons of pictures of him uh, when he was, wor- he was working fucking construction. Okay. And training MMA and like still fighting while doing all that. And the only way to break out of that is to become like a Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just don't. Yeah. And. And you're sacrificing your body too. That's another. Yeah, thing. it's not like starving artist type shit. Where no. it's like, yeah, quit your job and try to make music work for a couple of years, and you can sleep on people's couches and whatever. Yeah, you know, this guy's not only got a family, but he's like sacrificing his brain mm-hmm. and taking years off his life. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, and like the least they could do is like pay the alternates hotel room fees, right, to stick around. Yeah, because <laughs> like they're fucked if the alternates if they don't have any alternates. I mean, they're not fucked because they could call some guy up and be like, "Yeah, fly in tonight." Yeah, and they'll do it. Wait, is this for the show, The Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, that's happening still. Yeah, it's so annoying that they still do this. It's such a. It just the UFC has just grown into this fucking tumor of just not necessary things. It's not even about fighting anymore. You know, it's almost works in Dana's benefit that people don't fight for a long time because it becomes more marketable. <clears throat> That's the crazy thing I feel about UFC is everything about it is counterintuitive. Yeah. You don't want Conor McGregor fighting for very, a lot of times. And you almost want him to lose because how many people fucking hate him and how much of a shit show it is when he loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know. And more newcomers that rise to the top means more title fights. And more eyeballs, yeah. More excitement, yeah. Or just more fighters that you can just, just yeah. throw away, yeah. Discard. Just let them get fucked up, and it's like, thanks for your time, thanks. Yeah. Get fucked. That so. thing. That being said, though, and all things considered, that is a sick shirt. <laughs> just looking at this frame right here, like, damn, that Hallerhead T-shirt is so dope. Yeah. What you're What you're saying is, I mean, that's interesting and everything, but. Take a look at this. My man is dripping right now. <laughs> Sorry, what I meant to say was someone watching this and they go, so sick that Dana has his own whiskey company. <laughs> <laughs> Just misses the whole thing. Damn, that was really fucked up. Oh, I was just thinking about how, how I want to start a whiskey brand. <laughs> yeah. I bet that shit is so good. <laughs> the name is awesome and I love the branding, Howlerhead. <laughs> Right. Dude, whoever came up with that is so genius because that just is what Dana is. Hallerhead. Hallerhead. Like it reminds me of the Joe Rogan clip of him going, Ooh. Yeah, ooh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Wait, did you see this one? Which Hold one? On. I gotta I gotta I gotta show you this. I'm gonna send it. I still have all the puke splattered on my shoes. This one from our squat. Do you really? Yeah. I was wondering what that was. Yeah. Here, ready? Luke, can you bring this up? Hey, what's up? Dana White here. <laughs> like all of a sudden I'd be trying, yep. trying to prove that I'm not crazy when I knew I wasn't crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> like all of a sudden I'd be trying to prove that I'm not crazy when I knew I wasn't crazy. Right. Um, 
Like all of a sudden I'd be trying to What even? I wish I I hope they make these edits forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doing that with that exact clip too. Boy. It's so funny, 700 too. 700-pound gorilla coming straight at you. Oh! You seen that one? Yeah, and he's like, rips off your fucking feet and fucks you in the ass. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> we gotta watch that, actually. Fuck. Let me, let me do that one, too. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Joe, dude. He can literally beat your ass, dude. Beat your fucking ass, fool. There, there it is. There, play that shit. Do not talk shit about Joe. We might have watched this, honestly. <sighs> um. Oh. <laughs> Those are lame in general, though, man. When's the last time no. I went to the zoo? I went to San Diego Zoo. That line was pissing on everybody. Dude. <laughs> Chimps were everywhere, and they had full freedom, the way people do. Love that. About Fucking serious problem. <laughs> it would be chaos. You wouldn't be able to leave your house. If there was as many chimps as there were oh, people, you would never be able to get to your car. They would oh, mug you every chance you. they got. They would rip your fucking feet off oh. and, and fuck your ass. If you don't think chimps will steal babies and eat them, you haven't been paying attention to the literature. Crazy 800 pounds silverback is wrong with through the tree. Samoan babies that can run fast. I mean, that's what's gonna survive. <laughs> Fucking diesel, diesel square head, destroying machine, Incredible. fast twitch muscle fiber, and, and finally in his life he's become special after years of neglect. <laughs> I got molested. Mm. Did you? Yes. <laughs> the fuck. Those are lame the fuck. In general. The fuck. I got molested. Did you? Yeah. The fuck? Dude. <laughs> that part goes, we'd have a serious problem. <laughs> serious problem. Dude. I've never seen him do that much energy, put that much energy yeah, into anything. No, it's, it's... We'd have a serious problem. It's making me think, old Joe had so much, like, the act outs were, you know, not, it's not Cigar Joe. It's not where he's at now, you know, where he's just kind of like, well, yeah, that's about, yeah. Yeah, but what if? Yeah, old Joe. That's what it was, cause like that was the obsession with the animal shit. Yeah, ripping off your feet and fuck your ass. That's such a crazy sentence. Rip off your feet and fuck your ass. That is a Gary V line. If I ever yeah, heard really one. Is. Rip off your feet and fuck your ass. That is nuts, man. He is right, though. <laughs> yeah. Imagine your parents getting attacked by an 800-pound silverback gorilla. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, yo. Actually, speaking of fighting, uh -huh. I watched the uh, David Arquette documentary. Finally. Yeah. Finally. That's wild. Bro. They're really... Yeah, really pretty dark and but like so weirdly inspiring at the same time. Yeah. Like it, it gets fucking heavy. Grim. Grim as fuck. Like yeah. when he gets beaten up by that one wrestler. In some random All right, so <clears throat> spoiler alert. 
David Arquette is white. I don't know if you guys knew that. Right. I just like just spoiling the most obvious. Thing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. End, he's white. He's white. He's a white guy. <laughs> and it's crazy when you find out that he's white. You're like, I had no idea this whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Did you know David Arquette is white? <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I, I so uh, the documentary covers David Arquette. If you don't know who David Arquette is, he did uh, Inception. He did the Titanic. No, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, fuck, right. You're right. Okay. Um, he did Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, Face Off. That is Nick Cage. My bad. Nick Cage, yeah. No, no, no. David Arquette, he, uh, he's most known for like Scream and, and uh, Eight-Legged Freaks and like, like real clown roles. Mm-hmm. But basically, the documentary highlights how he started his acting career as a really dynamic actor. He had, like, as a, as a younger kid, his roles were sort of different, dramatic, complex, whatever. And he was on the cover of yeah. Variety or something like that? Variety, and he was with all 10 of these great actors. Nick Cage was on that. Yeah, Nick Cage, yeah. Benicio Del Toro, uh, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Yeah. What's hilarious is they were like, all those people went on to become, to be, to become legends and i'm like nick cage went on to be broke he went on to become the single greatest actor yes, of all yes, time exactly so i didn't think that was a fair yeah, assessment like yeah. the other eight guys went on to have good careers but like nick <clears throat> is a beacon yeah. in our history yeah so don't get it fucked up <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> nah so um and then they're kind of highlighting how Arquette just kind of spiraled and a, a weird pivot was when he did this movie ready to rumble which was about fighting and to promote it he got wrestling ri- it was about wrestling oh was it about wrestling i thought it was about yeah he got written into some wcw storylines um which is before wwe because wcw was its own org and then there's wwf and then they merged it's been a while so i assume people don't know that yeah I don't, I didn't know what WCW was, but yeah. that was like the premier wrestling league. It was one of like two. It was stadium shit, th- hundreds of thousands of fans. Yeah, like it was huge. Yeah, yeah. D- uh, <clears throat> like some of the biggest shit from WCW was like NWO, New World Order, like the Wolfpack and stuff. Um, and yeah, so he got written into a storyline to win the belt, and it's like you know it was regarded as like the worst moment in wrestling history, and. You know, a complete sellout moment, da 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 da. And so the doc is about how David Arquette loved wrestling and he he feels this massive guilt that he ruined this thing he loved. So he goes on a journey starting in fucking backyard wrestling in a literal random person's backyard yeah. with nine people watching. Yeah. And, and he, he gets his ass beat. He lets like an 18 year old beat the everlasting shit like, out of him. You would think wrestling is fake. And it's, it's like, it's not fake, it's choreographed. Yeah. So the shit that they're doing, yeah, they know how to like fake a punch being real. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the times they're not actually getting punched in the face, mm-hmm. but when they slam on the ground, that's real. Yeah. When they the go ground the has table. a little give to it, but I felt a wrestling floor, it's like a gymnastics floor or something like that. It's, yeah. It's fucking, it hurts still. Yeah. And so these guys are still putting their bodies in jeopardy. Yeah. And like, you can get actually really hurt out there. Like, I didn't realize with the fluorescent glass, bulbs yeah like this stick pieces sticking out of his back afterwards yep yeah they shatter easily but it's not you don't 
not get hurt from nah, it. Nah, it's not like sugar glass where it just goes and you're fine. Yeah, so he goes to this backyard wrestling event because some like random promoter calls him and is like, hey, do you want, and he wants to get back into wrestling. So he's like, yeah, I got to pay my dues. I got to do this random show. And he, wa- he walks, or he takes a, gets a truck to the place or whatever. And it's like some kid's backyard. And he's like, fuck, there's like five people there. And he does it. And they go through the whole thing and he gets hit with the fluorescent lights and he's truly getting the shit kicked out of him. Bleeding. And then they, they lay thumbtacks out all over the thing. And then he gets dropped into him. And then, you know, then they cut and they're helping him pick the thumbtacks out of his back. But then you see all the kids, like, before coming in, they're like, fuck David Arquette. They have so much hate for him. Like, they want to make him feel it, like how he ruined this thing that they love. And then, but you see them all go, yeah, damn, like, he did that. And I hope, you know, they're like, I hope he goes all the way with it. And I hope he, you know, he understands, like, how much we love this and blah, blah, blah. Which, when I saw that, I actually weirdly thought of how, you know, this is the business that everyone wants to replicate. Like wrestling since forever has had like this diehard, crazy fan base. Yeah. People want fans like that. Yeah. And so it kind of evolves. And then he ends up going down to fucking Mexico <laughs> to train with some people. And he, he does oh like, God, there's this moment where he does like a street performance wrestling. That was an incredible moment. Yeah. That actually made me feel like some type of way, you know? Yeah. I felt like crying almost. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it honestly cuz people might want to go watch it, but the crescendo moment which I'm not going to describe, you may recognize it from Twitter some years ago. I remember when that happened on Twitter. I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" But for him to have carried it all that way, man. Yeah. I think the whole doc it kind of highlights something I feel you can't do anymore these days or it's really hard to achieve that, which is committing 200% to one thing. I feel like in media and entertainment, it's always like you get found for doing one thing very well. And then they're like, great, let's put you in all these other categories. Like even fucking, you know, Mitch Hedberg would complain about this. It's like he blew up as a comic, but now people wanted to be an actor and write a movie and write a TV show and be on TV. And he's like, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just funny. And so I don't know for him to be like so late in his career to be like, nah, I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to like, go all well, the way. I think way. that was also kind of the point was that he didn't have, he wasn't sought after. He did 200 auditions over the past like 10 years and didn't get, didn't get a single, single role. role. That's what he says. He's like, I haven't, I've been getting rejected for 10 years now. Who keeps doing this? I'm like insane. I don't know why I yeah. keep going back into these rooms because every single time it's a no. And so he doesn't really have purpose. And I think that's what's cool. It's just like what I said last time about Bo Burnham's Inside is that like people really gravitate and can can sense when you're truly dedicated to something yeah 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 like for him to just be like and obviously it's you know easier for david arquette because he's got millions of dollars he can fuck off and do whatever yeah like you can tell he's struggling like he's struggling with his sobriety like the whole Mm -hmm. time he's like got a fucking he's got a fucked up brain he's got yeah you know like crazy what, what even was it it was like certain parts of his brain just I forget the exact diagnosis, but it's like they just weren't right. Yeah. Like he didn't have certain judgments and connections there. Yeah. So. So it's like the same. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think for Bo Burnham, it's like a bigger risk for him to just go completely dark for like two years. Yeah. And, you know, the height of his career and basically be like, I'm just going to work on this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. But it comes out and you can feel how much thought and energy he put into it. It's the same reason why, like, 
you know, the Don Wall and Free Solo yep. are incredible. Yep. Not only because it's an insane physical feat, but it's also like this man is so overly dedicated to this more than anything else in his life. Yeah. Like he'll sacrifice anything to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was for him too. He was like, yeah, I just need to make this right. Yeah. And like his wife's like, you're fucking, I'm, you're literally you're like, you're going to die. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, I got to do it. I mean that, and you're right. I mean, he definitely, it, it, it kind of it highlights another interesting thing where I think a lot of self-help gurus and, people like Gary Vee and stuff, you know, they focus so much on like the grind and like becoming successful and da, da 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 And I think the doc highlights something pretty interesting, which is like, okay, regardless of how it came, David Arquette is extremely successful financially. You could say within his career, he's done a, he's done a breadth of things. He has done those complex actor roles and he's also done those very gimmicky mainstream big blockbuster roles. So now what? It's like now he's on this other side where he's like, well, fuck, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I think it's really interesting to see someone that late go, like, I still have it in me and I'm, and nothing is going to, like, I don't know. It's just. Even when nobody else gets it. Yeah. That's like, the that's crazy the part. crazy thing. It's yeah. Like, People are like, wrestling? Really? You're at 45. You got mm -hmm. two kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why wrestling? It's so weird. Yeah. He's yep. like, I just love it. And I ruined it. So I want to make it right. And all those people in the parking lot in the beginning who are like, fuck David Arquette. Literally the biggest idiot ever. Yeah. Like da, da 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 And I think what he kind of highlighted and demonstrated to these people, all, like what I kind of loved was like all, all these nerds that would like criticize him for this thing that he did and whatever. I, I get it. Like he infringed on something they really respect, but he not only did he go out and do it, he's like, no, 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 I'm almost 50 and I'm going to show you like I got more nutsack than you because I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get fucked up many, many times. Yeah. Just to say I did it. And like it was pretty. And I'm going to lose 40 pounds, get sober, get in shape. He did yeah. All that shit. Yeah. And like, you know, I think you could see every step of the way where as he kept leveling up through the process, everyone there was like, yeah, you know, I, I hate the guy for what he did, but I cannot deny he is here and he is doing the work. Yeah. And there's some shit about that that is super inspiring. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, undeniable. winning back the respect of people. Yeah. Because they can tell you're putting in the work. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other cool part too is what's motivating him. It's like he doesn't even see any of that because he's like, this isn't even about your fucking opinion or what my agent has to say or any of that. This is like something... I, I've messed up. Yeah. It's like my whole personality is like damaged because of this thing I did. <clears throat> yeah. Which you have to, you know, something like that would possibly take anyone else out. You know, like that level of guilt. Mm -hmm. There are some people who just like turn to drugs and try to forget and then just like, you know, wake up or just not wake up in a bathtub someday. Like yeah. some crazy shit. So. I don't know, man. I would very much encourage anyone listening at this point to watch this shit. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's on Hulu. I really enjoyed it. You cannot kill David Arquette. You Who? know what else is crazy? Uh. The documentary about the uh, Woodstock 99. Didn't watch that. I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, it's so good. Hell yeah. It's so, I always wondered, like, those clips of DMX in front of 500,000 That clip people. is like, holy. Yeah, I would see that on Twitter all the time, especially, like, after he passed. People would be posting that. And I'm like, what is this? 
I've never seen this many people in one place in my entire life. And it was Woodstock 99. It, that? Had, yeah, I think it was 500,000 people in the crowd in the middle of like an airfield, <laughs> like a military airfield. I just have to highlight that. Like DMX and, and you know, you could argue like just because media is different and how artists are able to reach people and create niches and blah, blah, blah. I think specifically DMX in that clip, I don't know. It's crazy how DMX could perform at Woodstock where there's arguably maybe there aren't that many rap fans there or people who would necessarily like understand DMX as a person and his music. Yeah. And I feel like DMX is one of those special people where his sound and like his style, you could literally like everybody knows who he is. Oh yeah. And for him to do his music and you have that like one voice all the way to the back of that airfield, everyone's like, I fucking know this. Yeah that's crazy oh yeah and it's his voice yeah he's performing it's yeah. not like fucking half no, the clip from rolling loud and yeah where yeah. it's just literally them hopping around to the song yeah know? and they're just they're, yeah they're not really giving it a show yeah he's like he's up there his, yeah and he's like fucking rapping his ass off this is my shit let's yeah. go yeah man yeah that's an unbelievable clip but like yeah Woodstock 99 was just a train wreck <laughs> it gets super dark too like really dark, like a lot of, like it starts with like, you know, I don't know, like they had a pay-per-view program where you could buy it if you, if you didn't want to go. Yeah. And so they had a whole bunch of camera dudes there that were like basically really focusing on women, like showing their boobs. Oh dude. Yeah. So yeah. It got, like the whole event got super like rapey because dudes were like women were crowd surfing with their tops off and dudes would just grope them. And then, and then it gets like even more dark than that because it just descends into chaos because so many things went wrong. It was like the air, it was like a hundred and something degrees out on a black tarmac airfield. Yeah. With 500,000 people. Yeah. By the end, by the third day, by Sunday, it was like people were ripping the plywood off and burning it. So you like the, during uh red hot chili pepper set, you look over and there's like, it, it looks like apocalyptic. There's like. 500,000 people, and then in the middle, there's gigantic bonfires. So two Great. things. One, I thought I remembered back in the day, I thought someone cut up like a, like a highlight reel of like those topless shots from Woodstock. I feel like there, that was like on like Kazaa or something. Like I want to say I remember like an like a elementary school friend's like older brother being like, dude, you got to see this. Yeah. And two... Those bonfires make me think of when I saw the one time I saw Rage live. Uh, it was like it was that same shit. It was like the closer it got to their set, there were more bonfires on this giant hill. Yeah, people just like packed up around them in the middle of the crowd too. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see this shit. Speak, uh, it, it's like unbelievable. It's so crazy, and like this, <laughs> that was like, it brought me back when I was watching. So basically, on Saturday, kind of when. The chaos was like from the beginning, but it just gets worse and worse day by day. Yeah. And they play it out like as the lineup progresses, like the chaos, you could just feel it, right? There's like this palpable negative energy that just gets worse and worse as the day goes on. And so they're like, you know, timing the day out by the set. And they're like, so when Limp Biscuit came on, it was the headline set on Saturday. And people are going crazy. Like people are moshing like so fucking hard, climbing. That's when they started ripping the plywood off. Kids were crowd surfing on the plywood. Sweet. And 
So the organizers were like, yo, people are going to like die if this doesn't calm down. So they went to Fred Durst and they're like, can you just calm it down? And Fred Durst went out and did this like giant two minute monologue in the middle of, I forget what song it was, but it's the one with break chainsaw. Is that break stuff? Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of break stuff, break shit, whatever, where like they're playing this bridge, basically just repeating the same bar over and over again to build tension. Yeah. It's like, and he's like, if you feel any negative energy right now. If anything's wrong in your life, and it's a bunch of like privileged white here people, here we being go. Like, yeah, what the fuck? This got to be it right here. Yeah. Time to reach deep down inside. This is after they told him to cool it, to try to calm people down so people don't die. All that negative energy. And let that shit out of your <laughs> fucking system. You got girl problems, you got boy problems, you got parent problems, and you got problems. boss problems, you got job problems, you got a problem with me, you got a problem with yourself, it's time to take all that negative energy and put it the fuck out. You feel me, Woodstock? Alright, let's bring it out. When this song kicks in, I want you to fucking kick in. You got it? I feel like shit. My suggestion is to keep your distance. Because right now I'm dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> We've all felt like shit and been treated like shit. All those motherfuckers who want to step up. His voice is so weird. So I know. Your ass what the fuck is that line? Skin your ass, bro. You know, I pack a chainsaw. Skin your ass, raw. And if my day keeps going this way, I just might break your face tonight. I thought that was the drop. Skin your ass, raw. Why am I bobbing this all the time? Break your fucking face tonight. Give me something to break. Give me something to break. That's the worst. The Wait, worst no, line no. that these people could be hearing and Pause screaming. It. Yeah. So like that was the that was the the gist. You know, that was like my conclusion afterwards. It just reminded me of how fucking awful Limp Biscuit's lyrics are. Yeah. Like a package a skin your ass raw. Imagine your Saturday night at the most the most chaotic festival ever. Five hundred thousand people there, and you're at the climax. Yeah. And you build that energy up like that yeah just to say give me something to break i mean i think for limp biscuit too they were so hated that it was like oh we're just gonna double down triple down and just send this shit to the moon yeah like this is our like rock star moment yeah which i don't yeah i don't blame them for that honestly yeah (laughs) which honestly good on them because i would have did the same shit (laughs) yeah yeah no it was it was um it was so funny how he got by his whole career, just all the dumbass lyrics he had. <laughs> yeah. I'll skin your ass raw. I'll pack a chainsaw. Skin, skin your ass, ass raw. raw. I just imagine him in the studio, like writing that on a notepad and being like, that's fucking sick. <laughs> Look at this one. Coming raw with no corrections. Oh, yeah. Did you guys make the, did you guys prepare this? Yeah. Okay. This is the worst Limp Biscuit lyrics right here. Coming raw with no corrections, saving all perfections for what I do with my erections. What? 
Yeah, that that's literally just like what rhymes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. Even, it's Le- my ass and your perfume. They make temptation hard to refuse. Yeah, he ra- he literally raps like a like a gnome in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Oh yeah, classic. Yo, can we play Nookie for like thirty seconds? This beat, this song is the weirdest fucking beat. This like you know, uh, porno loading screen music. This baseline always made like. Wait for the baseline. Turn it up. Starts like kind of normal. Not this. When does it come in? Also, this music is just like, it's just like looped anger. All right, bump this right here. Wait for it. You can't really hear it, but like this baseline always made me feel like I was getting drowned in a waterbed. Like it just, it made me so uncomfortable. It is. It feels like anger. It that? feels like pent up something. Yeah, it just makes you like, ugh. Like a chump. Here we go. What a fucking weenie ass line. <laughs> what does he say? He's like, got a shit. I'm the laughing stock of the neighborhood. We could stop it. What a weenie-ass line to write in your mid-twenties. I feel bad for Fred because, you know, he turned out to be like this sort of like nice guy or whatever. But What do you mean? He did like a Reddit AMA where everyone was just shit. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, that's me, man. Not a single nice thing. It was like, what is it like knowing like you're the worst artist in the history of man? He's like, it's a title, I guess. <laughs> just like beaten to a pulp. Oh, Jesus Christ. To the point that, you know, angry people on Reddit would say things like, damn, I kind of feel bad. Like, he just seems like a regular guy. I am Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit. Ask me anything. Yeah, they ask him shit like, you know. Um, do you have any? Yes. Uh, how many red hats do you own? They come in backwards. You have to turn them around yourself. And he, he tries to be, like, quirky about it. Oh, there were legit questions in here. When I had seen this, it was all just, like, mean shit. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah I combed it. Um, wait, let's, let's, read, let's read a couple more. Let's read a couple more. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, so one of the, I don't know, one of the, the guys that they had on, like, commentating, he was, or, like, just like, giving his opinions about this era was because you were like trying to like also analyze why the culture was the way it was, yeah. what led up to this, and yeah. and you know why new metal even became a thing. Yeah, because it's weirdest period. Like you look back, you know, like Woodstock traditionally was classic rock, and I think like they did it two years earlier and somewhere else in New York, and it was like this incredible festival with like you know amazing culturally important music. Yeah, and two years later, it's like. Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, P.O.D., P.O. like Korn. like Creed, Corn. Yeah. It's this weird lineup, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they're basically this one guy is just making fun of it, and he's like, it's crazy, like the way that white people like take 
something like hip hop or something and just remove the soul and the, the artistic the artistic part, part. And like Limbus is the perfect example yeah. of that so is Kid Rock yeah Kid Rock came on stage in this gigantic white fucking like mink oh yeah I remember like, that shit it's like dude yeah yeah just the anti-cool yeah and and it's so funny too when you would listen to Limp Bizkit because I remember you know when he did End Together Now with with Method a Method Man, you know, I feel like kids saw that and they were like, oh, Method Man's dope. So, like, that was really smart on their part to appear like they got a cosign from Method Man. Yeah. Right? To, like, help them legitimize themselves. But, yeah, you, and then you'd, like, go listen to them on their other music and you're like, what the, like, what is this, dude? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, bad hip-hop drum loops, yeah. you know? And it's, like, this, this shit is off. Like, yeah. it's, like, not, you know. A pack of chainsaw or it, this one. I crawled up your butt somehow, and that's when things got turned around. <laughs> it's like, no. What, what else Another do we have? One. No doubt that. No doubt. I love to. I love. Sniff, sniff on them panties now? now? Sweet. Oh, my God. And some people might go, oh, well, rap music now doesn't have a lot of. It's like, shut up, man. There are plenty of artists out there that you just don't go looking for. It's like you can't use the mainstream as representative art style yeah like and especially for this period when you had dudes like dmx like who were like really like writing about their life and how they grew up and like his aggression and all that was real because he came from like a fucking tough ass background yeah yeah, yeah. and then to yeah. be followed by this bozo who's like you got girl problems yeah you got boss problems give me something to break dude i'm fucking pissed like i want to break some shit right now dude i want to punch <laughs> a wall bro <laughs> dude literally give me a two by four i'll crack it over my knee i'm so pissed punching drywall as a fucking uh, that's what that is genre. that's drywall yeah. rap yeah punching drywall <laughs> give me something to break dude i'm fucking pissed dude i'm pissed man then all those people went back to you know orange county and they were like dude woodstock was crazy man i punched some girl in the head it was, <laughs> it was sick dude i lit I lit a, a fucking mural on fire. This chick looks like my mom. I burned her car down. It was yeah, fucking it was lit, sick, dude. dude. It was awesome. Yeah, man. By the way, I want to say, I, I'm fully aware that we have a group called Tiny Me Gang that does hip hop. I'm fully yeah. aware of that. Okay? Yeah. I'm fully aware. I'm not saying I'm adding any artistic value to rap, or I'm not stripping it of anything. No. But at least I'm not fucking Fred Durst. Also... Anytime people have been like, you guys should do live music, we've always, always had a hard veto on that. We're <laughs> yeah. like, no, like it's a bit, it's fun, it's cool at the bottom of your playlist. Like Until we get booked to main stage. Then we fucking go. We're like, who fucking has girl problems, dude? Yeah, dude. Who can't seem to get a girl, man? I've been there, dog. <laughs> it's just incel music. Yeah. Incel drywall rap. <laughs> do it man dude, I'm you, fucking ready you bring out a fucking little piece of drywall yeah. oh yeah dude boom boom they're selling drywall dude. as merch yeah that you yeah. can buy at the festival <laughs> yeah. buy your drywall to break during Fred's set Tom wheels out a big screen TV <laughs> and we just take a bat to it nah dude we just people in the audience are like oh yeah <laughs> that's what, a perfectly good TV. what's your problem <laughs> No, we throw a Wii remote at it. Yeah. yeah. Get so pissed and just fucking. Do you have Wii bowling problems? 
<laughs> no, dude. Can you never seem to win in Wii Tennis? Wheeling out really expensive shit, just like haul out a McLaren on like four yeah. tire lifts. Like, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 what the you fuck you? Shatter it. No, what are you Woo! doing up there, you like, fucking Boo! idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Who's down to break some shit tonight? Everyone's like, Stop. It's crazy when an audience, like, when that, you know, that group thing takes over. I brought this up before when I was at Rock the Bells one year and, and Lauren Hill was there. And everyone was so pissed that Wu Tang came out like three hours past their time. And they were like, We got a special guest and Wu Tang is coming out. And Lauren Hill comes out, and she's like, what's up, y'all? Whole crowd starts booing her. I was like, holy fuck, man. <laughs> Jeez. But what was hard is she was like, ah, fuck y'all, and she just like did her set, and she turned everybody around. It was, it was pretty sick. Yeah. But anyway, yo, we don't have a lot of time left, but um, we talked about, you mentioned pay-per-view buys. Mm -hmm. Austin McBroom has got to be one of the dumbest people ever. Why? I checked out our last vi uh, uh, the video from our lawyer. Oh yeah. By the way, Spencer's our lawyer. Yeah, he's our lawyer. Now it's he doesn't know that, but he is our lawyer. Yeah. He might not even be a lawyer, but he's our lawyer. Yeah. Um. So you know, Spencer Cornelia, he did this 18 minute video. I forgot to watch this. I watched it, dude. Dude. <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> Rip off your feet and fuck your ass. Austin McBroom is crazy. <laughs> we have a serious <laughs> problem. Bro, this, it's 18 minutes and basically Spencer, you know, does, does us a solid and he provides us legal counsel. Like he always does. Like he always does. And he takes out select clips from this uh, live stream where the live by, it's, so it's live by live, not live x live. But like the CEO kind of goes publicly and, and he's talking about different things and it's obviously to cover on the fucking loss of value that they've had. And they sort of tell like their side of it. And it's it opens up a lot because it's not that Live by Live was necessarily trusting of Austin. It's that they saw potential. And there was a point where even as the thing was burning up in flames, they made Austin an offer to partner with Social Gloves, essentially make the debt go away and go, look, we see a future here. We'll cover off on the loss and we'll invest more money and we'll do another one and we'll make it bigger and we'll learn how to profit from it. They were fully down to do a fucking partnership for 10 years or some shit. After the first fight went down? Yes. After that event happened, they were like, you know what? We, it was just marketed poorly. The execution wasn't right, but because he was like, dude. Wait, wait, so hold on, just so I get this clear. They basically were like, hey, we'll cover the losses, as in we will get the fighters paid. As it was more or less that. Okay. More or less that was the, the idea because the CEO of Live by Live says, dude, no one for their first pay-per-view event has ever sold that many pay-per-views for a first-time event. He's like, that is unprecedented. That is crazy. So for Live by Live, it wasn't a loss. It was like, oh, dude, we have something. We just need to figure out what it is, but we got that many people in on the first one. We can figure this out. And so now where it's at is, dog, the money is like held up in an escrow account. And it seems, 
so the most egregious thing first uh, the, that you find out is that Austin signed all these contracts with Bryce, with Taylor Holder, with whoever, and he all gave them a uh, first position. So they're all signed the contract thinking that they had first position on the money. It's illegal, obviously. Not all of them can have first position. So the live by live CEO is like, that you could say that's fraud. I, he's like, I don't know what the, the rules are, but that pretty much seems like fraud because hmm. he frauded three people into thinking whatever. Right. And then what's even shadier is Austin gave himself first position. Okay. So with the way it breaks down, the live by live CEO, and they're like, dude, we're trying to get clarity and his lawyers and stuff will not release the contracts. They won't give us information. So the live by live CEO is speculating that Austin is trying to find a way with his legal team to get that first position to get his $5 million. They offer to put marketing dollars in to market it to, to go uh, to earn money off of pay-per-view through TV. First of all, Austin declined offering pay-per-view through television. Why? He Oh, because um, I think it was, there was like a cost associated right, with that. Right, and he was like, no, we don't need it. Yeah, and so spent, you know, <clears throat> shout out to our lawyer. His, his assessment was like, Austin's clearly broke because he doesn't want to give any money up. He was trying to do this so that there were no costs and there's just like a, a paycheck that right. comes back. Um, and then the live by live CEO is like, dude, literally 98% of pay-per-view buys come from television. He's like, that's, that's just fact. So you literally alienated 98% of your potential sales. Cause that's what they do, right? They put on pay-per-view events. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he did that. And also Austin's like a dumbass because if he wanted all that attention, if they're going to put marketing dollars behind it, they're talking about like trying to hit that middle 30%. They're trying to blow it up like a conor mcgregor event yeah if if you knew you're gonna beat the brakes off of bryce wouldn't you want to do that in front of like millions of people yeah yep like that's where he's a moron like he could have you know unfortunately you know i say unfortunate because no one would want to see this but he could have won over this whole new audience of people who didn't don't know anything about him they don't they're not privy to his shittiness yeah. they just know him as a dude from youtube who can kind of box and yeah. he beat the shit out of this guy and that was a pretty good event yeah, but to him, it's not that. It's oh, no. clearly he's like, no, we have all the marketing power we need. Yes. Yeah. Look at the people we're working with. Followers equates to yeah. product purchases. Yeah. And, and also, I don't want that cost. Mm -hmm. That's going to take away one of my private jet rides yeah. in the next two yep. months or whatever. Yep. So where they're at now is Austin, <clears throat> is, it's like one of two ways. One way is Austin ties everyone up in court. And then they start dipping into the earnings to burn out, uh, to pay for lawyer fees, and then no one gets paid. Okay. But here's the crazy part: is that James Harden was given on hit on paper a minimum guarantee. Okay. So he has to be paid two mil. So that either has to come out of the live by live money, and what live by live is doing is they're saying we won't pay James until you give us the waterfall, so we know how much to pay Taylor, how much. To pay Bryce yeah because they're trying to get people paid right because they're trying to do right by them right okay. and if Austin drags it out so that all that money gets burned up in court and no one gets any James Harden's still entitled to that money so he can go after Austin personally oh wow so the live by live dude is like you know it, 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 he's gonna learn a hard lesson because uh, he might just have to start selling cars and they're gonna take his house and uh, uh, James 
Uh, he's like, that minimum guarantee really complicates things because uh, that means he has to be paid. Damn, that's wild. So it like, and what's crazy is this is not being talked about like by anybody except him. And <laughs> this fool might like go up in fucking flames, like hard. Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like his ego will let him just like go, fuck. Yeah. There's no money. Like rather than just walk away with a zero and then just call it even, he's like straight up going to put himself in a position where he just loses everything. And no one will ever trust him or work with him again. No. Yeah. No, his career's over. Yeah. Someone pointed out that his wife started a separate YouTube channel and they're speculating that they're trying to do that to try to shift all the revenue outside of him uh, so that yeah, if okay. he does burn up, the earnings are, are all through her. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, yeah, you can come after me personally, but I don't have anything. Jesus Christ. Grift. That's crazy. Why doesn't she just leave his ass? <laughs> I th no, dude. I think she's like, like they're both probably like yeah. trying to, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're trying to preserve this shit. Yeah. Because you know, that's crazy. Yeah. So, sorry. You know, I had we had a long call. Me and Spencer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, I know. I told me. Sorry, everything. I couldn't make that call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. we'll catch up with them later. Yeah. Um. He's such a good lawyer. <laughs> I mean, it is, this is one of those things where people are like, oh, you don't wish ill on anyone, but God damn it, if this shit did not, like, <clears throat> if the writing wasn't on the wall for this shit, yeah. and if, if this dude does not get, like, what's been coming to him, it's crazy, yeah, because everyone's called it, like, we talked about it, and everyone feels the same way even in the comments and him, and he's like, oh, he just did this to try to beat Jake Paul, to just yeah. say, yeah, like, what a, such a narrow thing. Yeah. I don't know, yep. man. Egomaniac. Moron, bro. Yep. I watched, you know, I got off the Zoom with Spencer and I just have to say this. And I went to Austin's uh, Instagram and I like, I'm like, I wonder what the fuck he's doing. And he just posting selfies on his story. <laughs> Glib to all of it. Just like, yeah, they can sue me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I wonder what he has to be thinking. I don't think he thinks anything. I think he genuinely feels that there's a way out. And he probably has a bunch of yes men around him who are like, yeah, dude, you, you'll definitely beat this. Yeah. You'll definitely get your money. Because they have an incentive to get that money. So. Crazy. Yeah, bro. Anyways, new social gloves event this Saturday. <laughs> All right, guys. Hell of a bone zone. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. I got to piss and shit at the same time. All right. Later. Do it on camera. <laughs>